Good morning. Welcome this morning. I'm Sharon Fitzpatrick. And what I love about being a United Methodist at Holotus Hills UMC is the love shown throughout the church and the Holotus community, and I hope that you feel welcome this morning. We are glad that you are here with us today to celebrate the first Sunday in Advent as we get ready for Christmas. If you are a first-time guest, please let us know by filling, filling out the blue card found in the pew pockets. You can return them by placing them in the offering box or in the offering plate as it's passed in a, in a while in the Welcome Center. Now, we have a few announcements about uh, the life of the church this week. There's still sign, time to sign up for the women's retreat. It's on December the 3rd. It'll start at 9.30, up till 2, and then you can sign up in the Welcome Center. There's a, a, a sign-up sheet. We still have a few more angels on the angel tree. The gifts will be given to wonky or Thornton, a wonky or Thornton student and needs to be wrapped and returned by December the 11th. So the live nativity, the journey to Bethlehem, which is a community event held in Old Town Holotus, is on December the 17th at 6 o'clock and 7 o'clock. Usually our church provides the main cast, Mary and Joseph and Gabriel and, you know, the main people. We are still in need of the angel Gabriel and someone to be the innkeeper and his wife. If you would consider being any of that, oh, and we also need a multitude of angels. <laughs> Y'all, each one of you qualify for that. Um, anyway, we'd love to have you participate, and you can either see me or Amy Nunley, who's hiding on the back row. <laughs> and that's it. Thank you. And now Jesse will come up and make a few announcements. Good morning, church family. There we are. We are awake. Oh, good. So I bet I, I whoop, wow. As I have announced a couple of weeks um, in a row, our Great Joy Kids Party, the last one of the year, is December 10th from 4 to 7 p.m. It is free. It's open to the community for ages of fifth grade and below, elementary age students. Um, so if you have grandchildren, children, neighbor kids who are looking for a time to hang out, if parents need a break, please send them our way. It is a wonderful time for the kids to come and hang out, have a night out, and parents to get a night off. Um, our RSVP slips for that are actually sitting out on the table out there. You can fill one out and leave it in my box or put it in the offering plate. And we do feed the kids dinner. We might also sugar them up, but they have a fun time, and then we send them home to you. Um, <laughs> The following day, December 11th at uh, 10 a.m. to noon is our children's nativity. It happens right here in the sanctuary. We all gather at 10 a.m. during the Sunday school hour. The kiddos receive their parts. They receive costumes, and we run through our nativity um, a couple of times. I see our former Mary sitting in the front pew. She did an awesome job last year. Um, and we'll run through it a couple times, and then we do it during the children's sermon at the 11 o'clock service on the 11th. And then finally, on December 11th and 18th, we're having our Hill City Kids fundraiser again this year. We will be selling ornaments um, for $4 a piece. This year's ornament is a Christmas tree, and it has Isaiah 11, 1 through 2 on it, which says that the line of Jesus will come from the stump of Jesse. And um, the kids are having an awesome time decorating those trees for y'all. For every um, ornament you purchase, we will be donating one to a local um, assisted living facility or nursing home in the area, and we'll be singing them Christmas carols and spreading Christmas cheer. 
the week of the 19th. So we hope you all will uh, prayerfully consider supporting our children's ministry in the upcoming year. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. We will now be lighting the Advent candle. And this morning, we are going to have Judy Lynn and uh, Holly Kundrock and Jesse to come up and assist. Good morning. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. We are glad whether we drove in or climbed up, whether we logged on are tuned in. We are glad to be in this community with this family. It is a place of joyful hope, of radical welcome. It is a place where together we can wait in wondrous anticipation of the kingdom to come. Many peoples shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob, that God may teach us God's ways, and that we may walk in God's path. We light this candle as a sign of our hope, our joyous hope, that can be restored, that we can be restored, our faith restored, our strength restored, our confidence restored, our joy restored, as we watch and wait with all God's people for the promise to be fulfilled. Thank you. The reading this morning is from Romans 13, 11 to 14, and it's the English Standard Version. And you may find it in the New Revised Standard Version in the Pew Bible on page 1034. Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality or sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. The word of the Lord. Let us go in prayer. Our loving Father, help us to know that you are always with us. There is nothing too difficult or messy that you cannot do. You gave us such a precious gift, a gift of hope through the loving birth of our Savior, a gift wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. Thank you for the gift of Jesus and the eternal life that only you can give. Amen.
forward for a spark moment 
Yes, we love our spark moment. That was my child, in case anybody was wondering. I have to claim him. All right, guys. Miss Penelope, I have questions for you. Are you ready? What is the next holiday coming up? Christmas. So Christmas is coming up next, right? And when we're at church or we're out and we're walking around, we see Christmas decorations everywhere this time of year, right? Especially after Thanksgiving. It's been Christmas since the first week in November at my house. But right now, everybody else is catching up. And we're all ready to have the Christmas season. But if we didn't see decorations, how else would we know it was Christmas time? How else would we know? A calendar. A calendar would tell us that it's, uh, it's almost December, right? And Christmas is coming. Or we could ask Google, because Google knows everything. And Google rules the world. Or Alexa. Or maybe Siri. What about, what about the first Christmas? How do you think they knew the first Christmas happened? Jesus was born and there was a star. Noel said there were angels that told the shepherds nearby. That's right. Those things did happen at Jesus' birth. But before Jesus' birth, there were a lot of things that told us that Jesus was coming. There were messages from God's prophets, people who he had called to give, um, give his words to the people of Israel, to let them know what was going on. He called his prophets to tell them, tell Israel about a savior that was coming. Somebody who was going to change the way our lives are. He was going to change our kingdom. And he was going to give us hope. And those prophecies, when Jesus was born and as he lived his life, he fulfilled over 300 prophecies. And most of them included hope in them. They included the idea that things were going to get better for us because Jesus was here. And this first day of Advent, that's what we're talking about, is the hope that we find in Jesus. The hope that he gives us when he enters our lives because we know that there's something bigger than us out there, right? There's a God who loves us who's taking care of us. And we don't have to worry about so much. And so when we go into Spark Worship today, we're going to be focusing on the hope that we have and on those prophecies, the prophets that told us about Jesus' coming. We are going to sing Christmas carols or hymns. We are going to decorate a Jesse tree, and I did not specify this in first service, but a Jesse tree is not a tree for Miss Jesse. A Jesse, a Jesse tree is kind of like our Chrismon tree there, except a Jesse tree tells the lineage of Jesus. It tells Jesus' family from, the, from creation all the way through to his birth. And so we're going to decorate ornaments and put them on our tree in our classroom, and we're going to look at the hope that we have in this uh, upcoming season. Does that sound good? All right, let's all bow our heads and pray. Are you ready? She was ready to go. Penelope's excited. Okay, let's say a prayer. Say, Dear Jesus, Jesus, we give thanks to you you for being our hope hope and our salvation. salvation. In your name we pray. pray. Amen. My name is Cheryl Broom, and I am the pastor here at Hello to Sills United Methodist Church, and as is our habit during prayer time, we ask you to raise your hand, and Eric will run up to you like the Vanna White that he is. He's going to channel his inner Vanna White. (laughs) Oh my gosh, he really is. And ask your name, give your name please, and those who you're praying for, and we will lift them in prayer. If it is a praise, we'll say, Lord, here are 
praise. And if it's a prayer, we'll say, Lord, hear our prayer. And um, I'll jot those down. And then our prayer team, which meets right here Monday evening at 6 p.m., all are welcome to join us. We will lift these prayers again in that group, in that small group. And then they'll also be added to our Facebook confidential prayer page, which we will only use your first name and last initial. And sometimes, you know, God doesn't need your name. So whatever you want to share with us, we'll be sharing with others to be carrying you in prayer all week long. So if you have a prayer request, please raise your hand high. So I'd like to lift up a co-worker. His name is Craig, and he's fighting stage four pancreatic cancer. He has a young son, and, you know, he's full of faith in God, but he know God has God's timing. So just lift him up, please. Lord, hear our prayers. A friend of mine that I, uh, she was a bunko bunny of mine for 40 years, but more importantly, she was my mother's caregiver, and she passed away during the Thanksgiving week, and her funeral is going to be next Thursday in Bernie. I'm not able to drive there, so I'm asking that we really pray, all of us pray for her family, um, her sister is Pat Fink, and she is um, going to be alone now. So if you would pray for Jan. Lord, hear our prayers. I tell you, the 9 o'clock crew, they're praised. They, they, I'm like Philip Page with them. Yeah, they're, they're full of praises. Alrighty, then we'll just pause for a few moments of silence that we might bring our own prayers before God, ending with a prayer together in the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask that you would prepare our hearts and our minds for the coming of Christ, as indeed we sing our praise, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Too often we are distracted from Christ's call and message and plan of redemption. Lord, we face daunting to-do lists, things that keep us distracted. Show us what to do, that we will be ready Help us to be prepared and be willing to grow and be awake to your transformative presence in our lives. We ask for your blessings upon our prayers and upon our lives as we await the coming of Christ who taught us to pray. Our Father, heart in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad.
Joanne Noel. I know, I'm finally able to say it and say it with meaning. Merry Christmas. It was in October, I think. Jesse said November. It was in October when they started putting up Christmas decorations at that big store down the street. You know, the W store. You remember? Halloween candy, Jesus, and fat Santa. What a combination. And sometimes that's a little aggravating they do that. Our church tradition and most Christian church tradition begins on this Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent, with the beautiful Christmas trees, with the Christmas hung with care, with all the decoration and greenery, and of course, with the lighting of our first Advent uh, candle. See, this is when Christians start to celebrate Christmas. Now, did you notice the similarity in the two words I just said? Christmas and Christians. What's similar? Christ. But we often forget that. And even our secular friends who will be wishing us Merry Christmas are saying Christ because Christ is the center of our celebration. And Christ is the center of being Christians. Now, for the first 300 years after Christ was crucified, died, was risen, resurrected and ascended into heaven, for those first 300 years, the people who followed Jesus did not celebrate his birthday. They celebrated instead the resurrection day, the day of hope, the day that Christ rose again. But the Roman society in which they lived, they celebrated famous people's birthdays. The emperor's birthday, big celebration. And so the Christians thought, well, they celebrate those birthdays. Why shouldn't we celebrate the birth of our Savior? And so what was going on in the Roman times is they celebrated the Roman god of the sun. And so the Christians co-opted that holiday, the Roman sun god, and called it Jesus' birthday, our son that we follow. And that is how they began to celebrate Christ. Now, for his birthday, the Roman Catholic Church decided to have a Mass, and they called it Christ Mass. And they celebrated that on the Feast of the Nativity. That's what they called it, Christ Mass. And guess what happened during the intervening years? Christ Mass became Christmas. Christ Mass, the celebration of the birth of Jesus, was selected just a, a random date, because seldom do we know the birthday. We didn't know when Jesus was born, and so they just picked that date, December 25th. Now, the Roman authorities, well, no, the Christian, early Christian church, many who were Romans, then also decided that the four weeks preceding Christmas, or Christ Mass, the Feast of Nativity, were holy and sacred days too. And so they began to celebrate the four Sundays before Christmas. Christmas. We call that Advent. The word Advent really comes from Latin and Greek, meaning to come. And that is why we celebrate Advent together, the coming of Christ. Now, the important thing to remember and make note of on your bulletin if you want to, is that it is Christ who's being celebrated, not Christmas. We get a little confused about that. And society in general will push us towards celebrating Christmas when it's really Christ who we are celebrated. 
And I'm so delighted that Judy Lynn and Holly Kondrick and Jesse's help helped us with this tradition today, the church tradition, to light this candle that we might remember the starting of this holiday. There are a lot of things we do, traditional things, like will you decorate for Christmas? Anybody out there decorate? Will you put up a Christmas tree? The only one that's doing it is Lori. Lori, I'm coming to your house. <laughs> Will you light Advent candles in your family? Yes. Will you read or study Bible passages about Jesus? Will you have an Advent calendar with treats, and every single day you open the door and you get to eat the treat? Will you have those? Sharon's getting me one. They also have them for dogs. You know that little Advent calendar? Yeah. I was at Sam's the other day. They also had have an Advent box of beer. And you just drink one beer each day. Oh, hallelujah. It's the first Sunday in Advent. I kid you not. Advent in a box. You don't have to answer if you're going to do that, because I'm not going to tell you that it was on sale. <laughs> I didn't buy the beer box. But I wonder what you will do. Will you also attend our Christmas cantata on December 18th at 11 a.m. in here and 7 p.m. in the evening? Yeah. Now, are you one of those people who are going to bake special foods or special cookies? I want to know who you are. <laughs> okay. Note to self. Go to Susan's house. I wonder, are you going to carol or visit homebound people or church members who can't get out anymore? I wonder, will you buy presents? Will you buy presents for the angel tree, for those kids that may not get presents? Will you wrap presents at Christmas? No? Sabrina, you have about 30 people to wrap for. She has a big family. So, you know, with all these things to do, it's important to remember it is not the number of practices in which we endure or are stressed to accomplish, or the number or variety of cookies that we will bake or eat. It's about the coming of Christ. And we remember his birth as a way of remembering and anticipating his return. So what will you do to be ready? Because ready or not ready, Jesus is coming. The scriptures for this first Sunday of Advent are found in our pew Bibles. It's about being ready. Uh, I believe the page is 903. Thank you, Susan, for putting that up there. If you want to read along with me. The version I'm reading from is a little different. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. Note the differences. It's very minuscule. A couple of little word plays. These are the words from Jesus. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So it'll be with the coming of the Son of Man. 
Then two men will be in the field, and one will be taken, and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, and one will be taken, and one will be left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must always be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. This is the word of God for the people of God. These scripture lessons in the verses of Matthew are about being ready, not getting ready. Being ready implies preparedness. Getting ready implies busyness. And it is the season for us to be incredibly busy. Yes, we are reminded in these verses on the first Sunday of Advent to be ready for the coming of Jesus, the Christ. Have you noticed how busy December is? Of all the months in all the year, December is usually the busiest month. And it's full of distractions. Many people are preoccupied. Yeah, with shopping and parties and long list of to-do things. And everybody's in a rush. How can we prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ if we're so busy? What must we do to slow down and pay attention and reflect and prepare for this, the final Advent, when Jesus returns? Scripture teaches us that it is less by doing special things and more by living and witnessing as Christ instructed. When Jesus came, lo, these 2,000-some-odd years ago, he arrived without much fanfare. He was born in a manger because there was no room in the... Oh, you know the story. He was born at the assigned time, but nobody knew when that would be, not even his young mother, Mary. No one knows the exact day when Jesus was born. See, what happens, that's what happens when we are expecting a baby. Just ask any family who has ever had children. A common phrase used for a woman who's having a baby is called expecting. Yeah, she's expecting. And a woman who's expecting makes preparations. You have to be ready for the baby to come. And so you prepare a lot in advance. And sometimes people will throw you a party, and they'll get you lots of cool things for the baby that's coming. You might get diapers and a changing table and a bed and a stroller and a monitor. I mean, you get in a baby seat. All these things are done to prepare for the coming of this child, because you have to be prepared. Now, when I was expecting my first son, I had no idea what to expect. All you mothers, you know what I'm saying? And even though I had worked for years for an obstetrician, that was my job before USAA, I worked for a baby doctor. Yeah, but when it became my time, and when I was expecting, I didn't know what to expect. And so every time I'd go see the doctor, who was the guy I used to work for, his name was Dr. Kaiser, I would say, Dr. Kaiser, how will I know when I'm in labor? (laughs) He did the same thing. He chuckled and kind of said, Cheryl, you'll know when you're in labor. Trust me, you'll know. But as a 
a person who had never had a baby before. I didn't know what to expect, right? And so I was a little scared and apprehensive and, and didn't know what at all was going to happen. But I continued to go to work every day, and that's when I was working at USAA. I'd show up every morning at my desk bright and early. And one morning I got there, and as I started to work, I got a little dizzy. And the dizziness would not go away. So I went to the company nurse. You know, USA has a medical office there. And she took my blood pressure and said, you need to go to your doctor's office. I said, okay, I'll go to the doctor. And so I called my husband, Kevin, and we went to see Dr. Kaiser, who took my blood pressure, and he said, you need to go to the hospital. I said, okay, well, let's go get the stuff I've got prepared. He said, no, you need to go to the hospital now. So I went on to the hospital, and Kevin went home to get our stuff because we had prepared, right? We were ready for this almost. And <laughs> he didn't have any clean clothes, so I swear to you, he put his clothes in the washer, went and gathered everything up, and then put his wet clothes on and came to the hospital. <laughs> he really did. And so it was several hours later when our firstborn son arrived, Matthew Ryan Broom, about 6 p.m. that afternoon. It was such a blessing. Our second son, Eric, had an even more exciting story, but that's for another day. The truth of the matter is that a baby's arrival often happens unexpectedly, whether we're ready or not ready. Back to the story in Matthew, the other Matthew, the Bible book, not my son. Matthew, we find four examples that teach us what we need to know about the time when Jesus will come. The first example is the story of the days of Noah. Before the flood, people carrying on their regular life, eating, drinking, marrying, and they knew nothing about what the future would hold. But then the flood came and swept them away. Now, if you don't know the story of Noah, you can find it in Genesis chapters 6 through 8. Go read that story. And in it, you're going to find that Noah's generation were kind of living no good lives. They were being unfaithful. And like that in Matthew's generation, here Jesus emphasizes the suddenness of the coming flood. The second example has two people in the field, probably working, and suddenly one is taken the third example is two women grinding meal together. One is taken. Where did the field worker and the woman grinding go? Well, Scripture doesn't say that. What it does is encourages us to remain faithful in our witness, in our day-to-day -day work activities, especially when life's a mess, until Christ comes again. The fourth example is of the homeowner who did not know when a thief was coming. This makes the most sense to me. Had he known when the thief was going to be there, he would have stayed awake. He would have prevented the break-in. The message is clear here. Stay awake because we do not know the day, the time, or the hour of the coming of Christ. And we cannot wait until time is near to prepare for it. Jesus wants us to always be prepared. I wonder how many of you heard about the huge asteroid that was going to hit the city. Hit the, they actually called this asteroid the city killer, and it was heading to Earth. And NASA began warning us around May of 2022, 
and they said that this asteroid was the size of the pyramid in the, in the great city of Giza. And they warned us that it would likely hit the earth, causing massive death and destruction. I'm not making this up. I know it sounds like the script for a B-movie, but this is really happening. The headlines read, Killer Asteroid Hitting Earth in 2022. And as a matter of fact, NASA organizations such as Scout and other governmental uh, astrologers and amateur astrologers all over the world routinely search the skies to look for anything that might harm the earth. On November 14th, 2022, this is just a couple weeks ago, we got an asteroid alert. Did y'all get that on your cell phones? No? It's actually NASA reported that they were preparing for their first ever Armageddon mission. They did that by preparing a spacecraft which they would crash into this asteroid, hoping to divert its trajectory towards Earth. This was the first ever attempt for them to move an asteroid in space. You know it was live streamed. And even today, you can go to NASA TV and find the video of this spaceship hitting the asteroid. It's super fascinating. Fortunately, everything went as planned and crash! this spacecraft hit the asteroid. You know, fortunately, we can breathe a sigh of relief. <sighs> Cue the movie music. We made it through another possible uh, de dis destruction of the world. Did you know this was happening? You may not know it, but there are astronomers worldwide who are preparing for just such an event. They couldn't wait for it to happen to be prepared. You have to be prepared in advance. What would happen to us had they not been scanning the skies and seeing that this asteroid was going to hit us? That spaceship that hit it caused a 1% change in the trajectory. 1%. And that meant that this asteroid would not hit the Earth. I promise you, when I read this, I thought this was like a made-for-TV movie. It doesn't sound real, does it? And yet, this was happening, and we may not have even known it. Because quite frankly, I didn't get the asteroid alert on my phone. I'm going to call NASA. In the end, we avoided destruction yet again for today. Because today is the only thing that really matters. Today's moments are the only moments that you're going to get. There's no sense of fretting about what happened in the past. And there's no sense of worrying about what's going to happen in the future. We only have this moment. That's why they call it the present. It's a gift from God, this moment. And our present back to God is to be ready for Jesus Christ to return. The question I hear a lot in the month of December is this. Are you ready for Christmas? Are you ready for Christmas? I'm not ready for Christmas. I know how easy it is to get distracted for me to forget that Jesus is the reason for this season because I rush around at the last minute trying to get gifts and decorate and shop and bake and address cards and entertain friends. Rushing around. Do any of y'all do that? Thank you for admitting it. You can join me in the recovery group. 
How then are we to get ready for the coming of Christ? Sharon read some words from Romans 13 that give us a clue of what we need to do to be ready. She said that we're to wake up, live in the light, and not in the dark world of sin. Put on the light of the Lord Jesus Christ and be ready to be like Jesus. I seriously want to start, i got to get a t-shirt that says um, BLJ2023. Hash mark, BLJ 2023, and that just means be like Jesus. That's what we need to do. Study his life. Respond the way Christ would respond. Do what he did. When Jesus was confronted, he responded with wisdom and grace. When Jesus was angry about injustice, he showed righteousness. When Jesus was faced with sin, he showed mercy. And forgiveness. We are to walk in the light by living a righteous life, following in his teachings, living in his power, growing in his grace. Because Jesus is the light of the world and brings us hope for the future. Hope is a theme for Advent this Sunday. Every Sunday has a different theme. I'm sure some wise theologians dream this all up in their hope that we would point ourselves to Christ and not to the commercialism of this season, not to Christmas, but to Christ. Everybody needs hope to live. Hope is what drives us to get up in the morning and keep going. Hope is faith holding hands in the dark. And did you know that there are 201 scriptures in the Bible that talk about hope? That's a lot of hope in there. But if there was no hope, we would not be where we are today. With no hope, there is no reason to live in this world. And too many people live without hope today. And maybe even you know what it feels like to live without hope. When things seem like they're just going from bad to worse. And when you know nothing will ever change. No good days. No solutions to our unresolved problems. No answered prayers. That's what it feels like to live without hope. And please understand, there are some medical and mental conditions which cause people to feel hopeless. And if you feel hopeless, come talk to me. We'll pray together and we will look together for help in medical and mental health resources for you. This weekend, I was uh, watching television and I saw a commercial. It was for a pain clinic. And this is what they said. This is their promise. There is hope. The pain stops here. I thought, oh, I dig that. Not just for the pain clinic, but for church, for Christ, for God. And that's God's message to you today. There is hope. The pain stops here. It is our hope that you'll continue to find joy and you'll grow and you'll be loved and love others. There is hope that you will have fun and joy and laughter. There is hope that you will find a community where you will be connected with God and with each other. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is the very source of hope. And there's only one source of hope that can last the distance. 
If this was a children's moment, who would you say it is? Good answer. There is only one hope for us. It is through Jesus. This first Sunday in Advent reminds us that Jesus is our hope. Now, we do not know what the future may hold, but we do know the one who holds the future. Jesus is our hope for today and tomorrow and for all eternity. And as we prepare for Christmas, may we stop and be prepared and be ready for that Jesus coming that we might be filled with hope for today and for tomorrow and for the future. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Amen. All right, Sharon, you're back to work. Your giving empowers ministry within our congregation and in response to the needs of our community. Last week, we consecrated our pledge cards for giving for 2023 ministry. If you were not here, it is not too late to turn in your 2023 pledge cards. Cards are available in the Welcome Center, and you may place your cards in the giving box out there as well, or you can give them in the offering plate as it is being passed. Please see your HHUMC bulletin or webpage to see the many ways to give. Why I give? One reason is my commitment to our church mission statement. Making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world requires not only our prayers, but also the ability to share our financial gifts, too. The second reason I give is that I am so blessed. I want to play it forward so others can be blessed as well. So let us bow our heads in prayer. Generous God, through your Son, Jesus Christ, you have shown us what it means to love, and you've called us to follow. Your example is to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, to offer our lives and our resources in your service. Accept the gifts we bring today. May they help to spread the love we have received to the world around us. Amen. pray. Almighty and awesome God, we give you thanks and praise for the offerings that we give unto you this day. Multiply them for the use of your kingdom here in this place we call our church home. We bless you. We praise you. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Every week we're invited into discipleship, and that is really how you're going to live your life and what choices you're going to make to be ready. Some people are ready by joining the church, and we invite you to do that at this time. You have a number of ways to be ready, but the advice I give you today is don't wait to get prepared. Be ready for whatever comes, and we do that here by following our mission statement. This is what we believe we're called to do out in the world. Will you join me as we repeat what our mission is? The mission of Helotus Hills United Methodist Church is to make new disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. I think you're ready. Yes? 
Because yes. ready or not ready, Jesus is coming. Well, I'm so glad that you decided to spend your first Sunday in Advent here, learning more about what Christ requires of you. So I send you forth in the strength of this blessing. May God guide your path today and always, showing you the light of the way that you might be the light of Christ for others. Amen? Amen. Let us go forth in peace. Thank you.